Welcome to the Shaw Show, where we discuss about all the stories and crazy facts of John Rush. So let's get started. How are you? I'm good, man. I just got off work, uh, so I'm a little bit tired, but um, <laughs> I've been doing good. This uh, this quarantine's kind of a little setback, but uh, you know, it's just trying to maintain uh, maintain training without a gym's a little bit difficult. But other than that, you know, things are going well over here, so I'm pretty happy. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing good. A little bit dull nice. over here. Just yeah. Been, yeah. I mean, I'm just like sitting here in my house for the most part. Like you're like a professional football player. So it must have been like especially difficult like, adapting to this like quarantine life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it definitely threw my uh, daily routine off um, there for a while. Just I mean, you know, you usually wake up, eat breakfast, you know, go train for a couple hours and uh, come home, you know, eat a bunch more food mm-hmm. and like go out, hang out with your friends or, you know, go out and do something in the community and stuff like that. But now it's, you kind of, you wake up, you eat breakfast and then you kind of, you got to figure out, um, where you're going to train, especially in Winnipeg because, uh, uh, it actually snowed yesterday again. So it's not like you can just like go outside and work out or anything like that. None of the gyms are open. So, uh, it's definitely a little bit, uh, it's been a little bit more difficult to figure out a new routine. Yeah, we're not immune for the weird weather here as well. Like here in Michigan, it just started hailing this morning. So yeah, oh, we're, wow. yeah we're not immune to the yeah. nice weather. No, that I have to assume that like your coaches from the Winnipeg Blue, Bom- Blue Bombers are just breathing down your neck about training and dieting. What has it been like keeping up with like your training nowadays? Um, they've actually, I mean, our coaches are pretty great. They obviously are very understanding of the situation and, you know, everything that, uh, you, you know, is going on. Um, so our training obviously has been, had to have been like extremely adapted to the current situations. Um, you know, we used to do a lot of pool workouts, um, with all the guys that stayed in town. So there's about 10 of us that stayed in Winnipeg and we do pool workouts a couple of times a week and we'd, uh, you know, all get together and, and do a workout. And obviously that's, uh, that's kind of out the window. So we have a really great training and conditioning coach that has, uh, sent out, uh, a body weight program and a program mm-hmm. that we can tailor to our own homes and, and what we have at home. Cause some guys, you know, some guys have, you know, full on gyms on their home in their home. Yeah. Um, I do not. So it makes it a little bit more, uh, difficult, but you know, our, uh, we have a strength and conditioning coaches. That's great. That sent out a, a really good program that, uh, you know, has allowed us to, uh, uh, stay in shape at least, you know, obviously it's not going to be the same as being able to kind of squat and deadlift and, you know, bench heavy weights. But, um, it's you know it's it's kind of like everyone's doing this so it's not like uh you're at that much of a disadvantage here so it's just it's just it's just different you know yeah <clears throat> no i had like i feel like every like winnipeg blue bombers fan or any sports fan in general like what what about football made you decide that this was going to be your career in life i uh, it's actually uh it's kind of crazy so i um started playing football when i was 9 years old I saw a commercial on TV, me and my brother, we saw a commercial on TV where, uh, obviously like now looking back on it, it's very fake, but we saw the like, a guy returning a kickoff and he does a front flip over, over another guy. And, you know, right then and there, I'm like, I need to play football. Like I could definitely do that. Like, 
you know, like I was like nine, I thought I could do anything. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously it's, uh, obviously it's very fake, but, uh, it was, you know, that was, um, kind of like the driving factor to want me to play when I was so young. But then, you know, once I got involved in it and once I started playing, I realized there were so many benefits to playing, um, you know, aside from the physical benefits of just, you know, staying fit and active and, you know, living a good, healthy life. Like, uh, the brotherhood, you know, my best friends in the entire world I met through football, you know, the opportunities I've been able to and fortunate enough to um, be presented with are all from football. You know, I got to travel all across America because of it. I, I've been able to travel all across Canada because of it. Um, just like things like that have been, you know, really amazing that and I was able to do all those things before I even got to the pros. So yeah. it was really, uh, yeah, it was a really, it's been a really amazing experience. And, um, you know, probably the biggest one is just the ability to, uh, you know, give back to the community. And it's something that, you know, a lot of kids look up to and, you know, aspire to be. So, you know, now that I'm in this position where a lot of kids look up to me, I can go back out and see these communities and, and give back to those communities by, you know, coaching football, running seminars, you know, teaching and helping these kids grow because it's a, it's a lot easier to do it in the position I'm in than if I didn't play football. And, you know, I tried to go out into these communities, these kids would just be like, you know, who's this guy, but because I'm a pro football player that instantly, you know, uh, it instantly carries weight with these, with these kids. And I'm able to give back a lot more because of it. Yeah. I was reading one article and like one like specific uh, fan of yours her name is Tiff, and like I think you like she had a birth defect that caused like paralysis, and has lived her life in a wheelchair, and she like loved the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and she actually drew a picture of you. I, I I don't know if you might like in like 2015, I believe. So how is that like heartfelt experience from all your fans? You know, maybe they're giving you gifts, sending you messages on Instagram. So how do you like feel when these like all these fans just pour out their love and support to you? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good question it's kind of it's kind of crazy um to think about sometimes just because for me like in my mind i'm just some kid from niagara falls like yeah. for me i never you know i'm i don't think i'm anything special i don't think i'm uh you know this big celebrity or anything like that but to some people um they see it very differently obviously so uh you know, the person you're talking about, Tiff, uh, when, when she first drew my picture, like I was just so blown away that someone took the time out of their day to draw a picture of me that it just like, I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I never in my you know wildest dreams thought someone would ever, um, you know, draw a picture of me. Like, I'm just like, like, who's going to draw a picture of some kid from Niagara Falls? Like, what's the yeah. point? Right. Um, but like, she, she, like, she loved it. She loved everything about the bombers and our team. And, and, uh, you know, she drew, she draws pictures for guys all across the, uh, the league, but she spends so much time, you know, doing this and caring for us that, uh, I kind of wanted to give a little bit back, uh, to her because of that, because, because of how much time she puts into it. So, uh, you know, we've kind of developed a, a friendship and I've met her family quite a few times now. And, um, they, you know, whenever we play in, cause they're not, they're not even from Winnipeg. They're actually from Regina, which is one oh, province over from us. And, uh, so whenever we play in Regina, they come out and watch us play and, and, uh, you know, it's a good time and, you know, we get to, we get to see them. Tiff gets to 
Tiff gets to give me her autographed pictures, which is always nice. I have, uh, I actually have two of them framed in my living room right now, which is, oh, wow. which is a lot of fun. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's, it's really an awesome experience to, uh, connect with people from around, you know, around Canada and around America, um, that, you know, that care so much about Winnipeg and care so much about the Blue Bombers. It's really an amazing experience. Yeah. So I was just reading about you just like on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, website and like one of the most like really insane thing about your career was actually like that college portion like I mean you were all Canadian and you won the all Canadian the president trophy winner in 2015 as a top defensive player and you were three-time captain I mean what was it like reaping all these awards and probably being as one of your like top performances uh that was uh it was obviously a, a ton of fun but it really just speaks to uh, how good the teams I was fortunate enough to play on were. Um, just because when you look at those teams, you know, there are so many other guys on the team that could have won those exact same as same awards as I did, I did, but I was just fortunate enough to be the one that won it. You know, like in my five-year tenure at, at the University of Guelph, uh, four of those years, we were in the top three defenses in the country, um, you know, three like four years in a row that like that happened and when when we were on team canada it was when i played team canada it was the first time that we'd ever beat team usa in the tournament so um you know it's like and like that's the, the biggest thing with football and one of the biggest things that uh drove me to you know love it so much is it is a brotherhood and it is such a team sport it's not just the a one-man show so you know all those all those individual awards are you know they're great they're really cool and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to be able to look back on and say you won them, but at the same time, like it really just, it really just shows you how, how much better our team was and how good our team was because, you know, like it's it, football is not a one man show. Like if I didn't have as good a team as I did or surrounding me, there's no way I want to, would have won any of those awards. So really it just, it just proves that we had a, you know, a bunch of studs on our team, not that, uh. Not that I was the the stud per se. <laughs> yeah, that's really humble. I feel like in like all social media, I see athletes like from the NFL who are just like bragging about how good they are, and wow, that's really humble and that's really really nice. Appreciate so, that. I was um I was uh so since you were so successful in college, were you always such a dominant force in the field? Like as a kid growing up playing football. Uh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, so, like, in high school, it was, it, you know, you're from, you're from Michigan, so it's, it's, football in Canada is a little bit different. You know, when I was in high school, we had 16 players on the field, wow. uh, or on our, not, not on the field, but on our team, right? So, you know, you need, in Canada, you need 12 on the field, so it means we had four subs. So, you know, I was playing, you know, offense, defense, special teams, but I always, I always just kind of thought of it as a thing, you know, that we only had 16 players on our team <laughs> so like, yeah. almost everybody was you know like if you weren't playing all three you know you know that says a lot it means you're not very good so um it was it was kind of it was it, it was different it was like growing up it was just I had a little bit of a different experience than um a lot of other people have had just because I come from uh, a bit of a smaller town uh in Niagara Falls there's not a there's not a lot of people and there's not a lot of people that play football so 
it just uh it was just a little bit different than you know most people just because it just kind of everyone played and everyone played everything so uh, to me it never really seemed like uh i was the dominant force or i was um you know i was the only one playing everything it's you know everyone was playing everything so it was just different yeah um now i recently heard at the winnipeg bombers recently won the great cup so what was that like achieving such a prestigious award uh so that was actually uh it the you know it's the the super bowl of the cfl right so it was it was pretty it was a pretty crazy experience to say the least so we went on the road um both or all three games in our playoffs so we went to we went to Calgary and had to beat Calgary, and then we went to Saskatchewan and had to beat Saskatchewan, and then went back to Calgary for the Grey Cup against Hamilton. And just to be, you know, a part of a team that has that many guys working towards the same goal is just just insane to see. You know, like is so many guys that have families that have so many other things going on in their lives to to put everything else to the side and all, you know, come together to work towards the same goal and then achieve it was just the most satisfying thing. And, you know, one of the most amazing things to just bear witness to, you know, like just being able to be in that locker room and be around those, those other men was just, was a crazy feeling. But then to have uh, my parents in attendance at the, the great cup and to be able to share that experience with me after, was uh, you know and after all they've done to support me in my life and it's been uh it it was probably easily you know the best experience of my life so far yeah like i've been i've played a couple more sports myself and like to be honest i think the brotherhood is be- definitely like the best reward out of all these sports yeah I, no yeah. exactly right yeah i mean like without 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 soccer in my life, I don't think I would have any friends. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's yeah. so it's a it's a lot more difficult to uh, to meet people and have friends and and meet like like-minded people without sports in your life. You know, you get you get onto a soccer team, you get onto a football team, you're you're automatically granted you know twenty to sixty best friends that are all like-minded and you know you know enjoy the same things as you they enjoy working hard working out playing sports so it's uh it, we're pretty fortunate to have played uh team sports and and learn so much right yeah yeah so i think like one unique trait about you that you get asked like all the time is your vegan diet so, <laughs> yeah so how did that how did your like vegan diet affect your career in football so um so about three years ago, um, I needed to, to lose a little bit of weight. And that's kind of something I always struggled with um, in my entire life, not just football. But, you know, since I was pretty young, I, I've struggled to uh, lose weight. And uh, at the time, I was working with a trainer and he, uh, back in Toronto, and he was he was vegan. And, you know, I never really thought much of it. He was just a really good trainer. And uh, I was talking to him one day about it, and he, he told me, just like, listen, you go vegan for one month, um, lose weight. Like he's like, you've literally tried to do everything else. So you might, might as well try this. And you know, if you hate it, go back to not, you know, not being vegan and then we'll try and do something else. But he's like, there's no harm in trying at this point. 
and I was like, honestly, like I have tried everything else. So you're right. You're right. Like, I'll, you know, I'll give this a shot. I'll give it a shot. Um, and I'll try it and, and see what happens. And, you know, I tried it for a month. Um, and it was crazy. It was crazy how much better my body felt and how much better I recovered after workouts and just in everyday life. So I just started doing a little bit more research on it. And I kind of discovered a lot of, um, a lot of benefits to it, just like life longevity. Uh, I have a lot of cancer in my family and it's really good for, um, uh, just disease prevention and cancer prevention is being vegan as well as, uh, I'm a huge animal advocate. I, you know, I adopt dogs, uh, you know, earlier in the year I had four dogs in my house uh, between fostering and adopting them. So, um, obviously being vegan means you don't, uh, harm any animals. So that is really aligned with, um, everything I stood for and it made, it, it made me feel great. So I was just like, well, there's really no reason I shouldn't continue doing this. And, and like, I love it now. It's, it was difficult at first. Like I'm, I, I won't lie. Like it was very difficult that first month being vegan. But since then I've, you know, retaught myself how to cook all my meals vegan and get my protein and do all that. So now it's, you know, it's amazing. And like I said, I feel great. So I love doing it. Yeah. Like I recently watched a Netflix documentary that talked about how vegan diet is actually helpful. Yeah. And, and like, I was just like amazed at how much energy all the people who are vegan felt. I feel like you gain more energy. Is that correct? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting how it works because the thing the thing about the vegan diet is there's a lot of different ways you can do it and you know different things you can eat and you know a lot of people don't know but like oreos are vegan uh there's you know, a lot of chips that are vegan like there's certain like i think uh doritos cool ranch are vegan yeah. so like you know if you're eating that like yeah <laughs> just because it's vegan doesn't mean it's healthy right inherently so if you're eating stuff like that obviously you're not going to feel great but uh if you're just eating uh, plants and, you know, your vegetables and fruits and getting your protein from, you know, your beans and your grains and stuff like that, um, 100%, you're going to feel a lot better. As, as I think that's the thing a lot of people don't realize is just how much processed foods they're eating. And, you know, like I was definitely guilty of it before I went vegan. I, you know, I was eating, you know, fast food, takeout, whatever's convenient. So, you're obviously going to feel a lot more sluggish, but if you just, you know, add in a lot more natural foods, like fruits, vegetables, a lot more fiber, you know, your body's just naturally going to feel a lot more better and you're going to have a lot more energy because of it. Yeah. So I think like the most people that are going to watch this podcast, I think they're, what they're dying to hear is how your transition from high school to university was as a professional player, as a player. Uh, yeah. So my, so my, transition from high school uh to university was a little bit different than most i i have a late birthday so i was 17 when i graduated oh. uh high school and then went to university i was still 17 uh you know we had guys on the, on the team that were 23 24 you know had kids already yeah. and stuff like that so i was uh i was a little bit behind uh um that on a, a lot of guys that were going to university at the time so uh, I was, I, I'm not, I wouldn't even lie about it, man. Like I was, I was like intimidated. I was, yeah, I can imagine like straight up. I walked in that camp and I, uh, I was like, I was almost afraid because I was just, I was, I came from a small town. Like, like I said before, like, I didn't, I didn't really think I was like 
some big shot guy or anything like that. I just, you know, it was what it, it was what it was coming from a small town. Everyone played all ways. So walking into that camp, I, I feel like I didn't really um, believe in myself a lot. Yeah. And then, but from there, uh, and then doing that first training camp, you know, I learned, I learned not only a lot about myself, but a lot about, you know, what mentality can do. Um, because I realized that, you know, one, I got recruited there for a reason. So the coaches saw yeah. something in me and two, like after, after that first practice, I realized I'm like, you know, just because these guys are older, just because these guys have been here longer, doesn't mean I don't belong. Like, yeah, like I have a lot to learn obviously, but if I worked hard, I knew I could do it and I knew I could stick with them and like that was the biggest difference I found between you know myself and a lot of other people that um ended up you know either getting cut or just straight up quitting the team was the fact that they just kind of lost hope at the start they let every they let all the other factors kind of dictate um what happened but they didn't really let it dictate they didn't let themselves dictate their own narrative yeah they they were like oh yeah like these guys are older they've been here longer and they so they just were like yeah like that's why i'm not playing it wasn't like they just didn't take it upon themselves to you know learn the playbook work out incessantly like ask questions they were just like they just kind of it was a self-fulfilling prophecy almost for them so i and i just didn't accept that like that was just something i wasn't willing to accept i'm like if i get if i get cut if i get you know released it's going to be because I don't belong and, but I will have given it my all. And if I give it my all and I still get cut, then, you know, so be it. But I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to let the fact that there's 23 year olds on this team, you know, be the reason, you know, that's the reason I get, you know, or I quit or I get cut because I just like accepted the fact that there's older guys on the team and they're, you know, bigger and stronger. Like I'll be the first to admit I was never the biggest. I was never the fastest. I was never the strongest by a long shot. Same. You know, with I work. Me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like not everyone can be, it's just not realistic. Right. But you know, and it's not to say I didn't work my butt off. Like I, I was in that gym every single day. I'm still in that gym every single day when I can, but you know, it's just like, I just wasn't the fastest. I'm, you know, I'm never going to run a four, four. Like that's just not, <laughs> not how I was built kind of thing. So but like there were are there are other ways that you can you know prove yourself there are other things you can do and like one obviously one thing you can control is your effort and i think that's one of the the most underrated things that people overlook is is their effort and their attitude those are two big things you can control and if you have a good if you have good attitude and you have a willingness to learn and you give it you know 110% every single day you know even if you're not the best people are going to want to help you and like that's just that's just human nature. People, people, coaches, other players, they see that work. They see that, you know, they see everything you're doing and they're going to want to help you. So like for me, the transition was, was tough for sure. Yeah. But it's not something that's insurmountable. Like a lot of people, you know, walk in and they get super intimidated. You know, I'll admit I was the first one that got super intimidated, but it's, you know, looking back on it now, it's, it's kind of funny. Cause I'm like, man, like, I don't even know why I was so intimidated. Like, 
a lot of those guys that I thought were so, you know, so much better and like so much stronger and so much, you know, this and that weren't very good. And <laughs> like, I was like way better than them, but like, I just kind of talked myself out of being a good football player because of, you know, they're stronger than me or they're older than me or they're this, you know what I mean? So, so, it, you know, obviously believing in yourself is the first step and then controlling your attitude and your effort, you know, and then after that, you know, you can't, you can't control anything else after that. So there's, there's no point in worrying about it. Yeah. I think uh, like this, like that, like moment you're describing how like some people who like let in- intimidation, like overwork them and overwhelm them for them to just like not pursue in their career really separates the people who really have like the dream of being a professional athlete like yourself. I think, no, like, ex- yeah. yeah, like I think your desire for being such a, to be where you are today is what got what got you to overthrow that intimidation from all those high, older, bigger, stronger athletes. That yeah, no, well, exactly, right. There, there, there's a difference between you know having a dream and it remaining a dream, and then having a dream and you know going out and doing something about it, right? Yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of where there's a lot of disconnect with a lot of not just not even just athletes, but just people in general. Right. You know, you hear all these people that want to be CEOs and entrepreneurs and, you know, the next Gary V or the next, you know, Steve Jobs or whatever, but they never do anything about it. Yeah. They have they have these ideas. They have these dreams. But if you don't do anything about it, you know, your dreams are kind of, you know, worthless. Right. So it's all about, you know, executing and, you know, hustling and and kind of just overcoming that intimidation. Right. Yeah, like I think even for myself and other people, I think we believe that like once we have a goal, that it just luck that will get us there, and it's not like yeah. every day working hard day after day, day in day out without any excuse. That's what gets us there. And I think a lot of people have the misconception that there's like some sort of quantum leap that gets us there. Yeah, and, no, yeah. exactly right. Like some people, yeah. some people just they don't uh, they don't want to put in the hard work or or whatever it is, and they. Uh, then they just blame it on oh yo that guy was born that way or this guy was this guy was lucky he was born into a good family so he had a head start it's just like so sometimes that's the truth sometimes you know like you know some people are just born fast there's yeah there's no doubt about it but at the same time you know discounting all the hard work that those guys still do to get there you know you're doing a disservice to them and you're doing a disservice to yourself you you know there's a there's no substitute for hard work. It's just, yeah. uh, it's just not possible. I think like one moment that I feel like if I were you're in position, I would be pretty like in a weird career and like a weird phase about my career and rethinking about my whole like career choice is I think I believe you got a knee surgery late in your college career and knee injury. Yeah. Yeah. So w- did you ever doubt yourself and really think like, am I really going to make it with this knee surgery on you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, I tore my ACL in my third year, um, of my college career. And, uh, as soon as it happened, as soon as they told me, I thought I was done playing football. I, I didn't know. I didn't like most guys don't really come back from a, from a surgery like that. The same. Right. Yeah. So for me, I was just like, man, like that, this is it. Like my, my career is over. Like I'm done. Um, (laughs) And the, the team, you know, the team got me surgery right away. And then I started rehabbing. I actually got sent down to a rehab specialist in, in California, which was, which oh. was pretty cool. 
yeah, I, I, I was very, I was very fortunate to uh, be able to do that. But, uh, you know, I was down, I was down living in San Diego by myself. I would, you know, crutch to the train station every morning. It'd take me an hour to crutch to the train station. I'd take a train to the rehab facility and then I'd, I'd then I'd rehab for four or five hours. Then I'd crutch back to this train station and crutch back to my apartment and then just, you know, chill in my apartment by myself. And there were plenty of nights there that I, you know, I'd call my parents and, yeah, you know, be, nice. be upset, be, be not wanting to do it anymore. Just, you know, calling it quits and, and, and wanting to go home. Like, I won't even lie. Like it, it sucked. Like everyone's like, Oh man, that's sick. You got to go to California. And I'm like, yeah, like <clears throat> it was sweet that I was in California. Like obviously, especially coming from, you know, Canada where it's snow, snows all the time but you know i was alone like i was training like five six hours a day most of the time and you know like there there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of fun moments like i wasn't like you know parting it up on the beaches and (laughs) you know going to clubs or anything like that like i was you know working and then just focusing on myself so yeah no there was there was plenty of times that i uh you doubted myself in that in that period and and then not only that, like I came back the next year, my fourth year, and it was my draft year. Oh wow! And still, still coming off the ACL injury, I came back in six months, and uh, it was definitely, I definitely came back too early, and uh, you didn't have a great year because of it. And then I went undrafted, so I didn't even get oh. drafted. And th- and then after that, I, I, you know, I questioned again whether whether I sh- should even continue playing football after that. Um, Wow. So yeah, like the the knee injury had some long-lasting effects, and then uh, I actually got picked up the next year by the Blue Bombers and oh. went into camp, and then and then got cut after camp. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and then so I questioned I questioned whether after that if I should be playing again, and then uh, kind of what I kept going back to each time was, uh, you know, especially in sports, you don't really get too many second shots. Um, yeah. You know, you can always you always have a second shot to go back and become a banker. You always have a second shot to go go back and you know try a business idea. But uh, you know, in sports, you don't really get that second shot, right? So I kind of was like, you know what? I'm gonna give this my all. I'm gonna give this everything I've got until they they kick me out of the building. And if, you know, they they tried they tried to kick me out a couple of times, but uh, uh, I wasn't really letting it happen. So. Wow, I mean, like, I feel like the journey of every like successful athlete's like the most important part of their career. I think your like determination and grind toward what you wanted is what got is not what was the reason, but was a part at least a part of the reason why you were so successful in your career and why like your teams were successful because they had such an experience and a person who probably went through a roller coaster of emotion emotions like and new understandings throughout your career so i feel like yeah your journey was especially like one of the biggest reasons that your career is so high yeah well yeah i appreciate that but like i mean like it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see and like look back on but you know a lot of the times i was just learning by trial trial by fire right you know you're yeah. you're kind of just thrown into the fire and you're, you're trying to do the best you can with what you know and, you know, I think I was very fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of very good, not only players, but coaches, too, and that were, uh, you know, some really good, I had some really good guidance around me as well. So, 
it's uh you know it's definitely all encompassing like football is a team sport it's all encompassing everyone has a role um but yeah i was i was very fortunate in my career that's for sure yeah i can imagine so i can't help but notice but i was scrolling through your instagram and i couldn't help but notice the amount of dogs in their picture so can you yeah. passion for these adorable creatures yeah yeah for <laughs> sure i uh so i adopted my first dog when i was nine years old actually um he was like a hundred pound uh, black lab and uh he was my best friend for 14 years uh <clears throat> before he passed away but uh i just just dogs have this kind of way of looking at life that i that i think that um yeah. a lot of other people and a lot of you know uh, us humans kind of forget forget to kind of enjoy and uh you know you you see all the memes about dogs and how they're just you know excited to see you and and i think that you know if if we took even 10% of that from from dogs the world would be a lot better of a place yeah um so it just you know i really really just kind of love spending time with dogs cuz because you know it's just their nature is so good they're such pure beings they just love you for you and they don't, uh, they don't expect anything from you. And it's just, uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, there's a lot of dogs that get mistreated by yeah. us. So I love, uh, I love being able to, you know, rehome them and, you know, help try and help them find a good home because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of bad in the world. Yeah. So just if, if I can do this for them, for how much, you know, happiness they bring to me, then you know, I feel like I've uh, I've done my part a little bit. I've done, you know, made the world a bit of a better place. I hope at least. Yeah, I think like the dog, like a dog's loyalty and sense of like happiness is something that like spreads throughout everyone who interacts with them and is why everyone loves dogs. Well, most people. Yeah, well, exactly. Right. Yeah. So and like I'm still amazed on how like you're a professional athlete and still able to care for the community so i know that you love you have this you like adopt dogs are there any other things you help the community uh yeah there's a couple of programs i'm actually involved in sorry my dog's barking one second okay. bon, bon, bon. come here come here good boy good boy yes thank you um yeah there's actually a couple of different programs i i work with with uh the blue bombers uh we we've gotten to go to some really interesting places uh, in Manitoba actually because of it, and um, this past off season we got to go to three northern uh, communities, which was which was really cool. Um, but those programs are called Let's End Violence Against Women and um, Bombers Tackle Bullying. So the first one is we we go to schools and we give talks to uh, young men about uh, how their language and how they treat women. Um, you know how they need to one you know be better role models as young men in society but two but how their language um, can affect not only women but how it affects the other men around them and how they how their language normalizes uh, you know the culture we've kind of become and how violent we have become towards women so we talked to them about that and it, it it's a really good po- program because you know, being able to go into these <clears throat> communities as a as a pro athlete automatically 
you know, like I said before, it carries that weight. You know, the the, the boys are listening automatically. Yeah. It's not just like some random speaker talking to them where they don't really care. They're automatically listening um, right off the bat. So it's a it's a really powerful program. We we found that it, it helps it helps the boys understand a lot more, especially because a lot of this isn't being taught to them, you know, whether it's in school or by their parents. Um and that's that's a uh, that's a really that's a big one that I'm really you know proud to be a part of. There's only uh, there's only three of, three of the guys on the team that are trained in it, and I'm fortunate enough to be one of them. Wow. Yeah, and then the bombers tackle bullying one is you know that one's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah. It, it's yeah, it's just uh, it's obviously an anti-bullying campaign that we do where we do a similar thing where we go into schools and we give presentations to um, you know the whole school about the importance of not bullying and um, you know, how it affects other people and how it affects those around them. And, you know, it's also a very, um, it's also a very effective campaign and we really enjoy doing that one as well. But I definitely have, uh, I definitely enjoy doing the other one more just cause I find that it, it does. Uh, it's something that the kids aren't learning about and the kids aren't hearing. Whereas, you know, the anti-bullying one um, they're getting those messages from, a lot of different places as well so so the other one i think is a is a lot more rewarding personally for me wow that's that's really inspiring yeah so i i like what i want to figure out so i'm not very like you know well known like well known about the cfl so um do you feel that like the cfl is underrepresented or is it like too small for what it should be um I don't know. I, I mean, like the thing is, it's uh, you know, CFL is pretty big in Canada, so yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's different perspectives, I guess, right? So obviously in America, it might not be as big, but yeah. uh, you know, I personally am under the assumption. Obviously, I have a you know a very high bias to this, but if <laughs> uh, um, I I find the CFL game to be uh, far more exciting than the the NFL game, just because of the the way it's set up and the the rules we have um we just obviously have a significantly smaller population than america yeah uh so i think that's uh i think that's a big that's kind of a big pull you guys are you know you guys are obviously going to watch want to watch americans and we we want to watch canadians so but we're we're a lot smaller than you we are about you know 10 percent of the size of america so uh it just maybe doesn't you know, it's big up here, but compared to the NFL, obviously, it's it's obviously not quite as large. So it's just kind of it's kind of a matter of perspective, I guess. Yeah. So I just want to uh, brush up on like when you told me that like you went to rehab in California and you told me like the diff- how kind of difficult it was. So when you came back, like around like eight months later, because I'm reading something. Like you, like what was it like, like coming back from California, knee realistically a hundred percent or eighty percent like fix? What was it like? Were you running like running right on the field, or were you taking it slowly? Uh, I mean, I uh, I was trying my best to make it seem like I was a hundred percent, but uh, yeah, like looking back, I definitely wasn't close to being a hundred percent, like. Like I was, I was giving it my all, but you know, the thing about giving it your all when you're not a hundred percent is it's dangerous. Well, it's dangerous. And you know, it, 
doesn't look great. So, yeah. so like I, I, in my mind, I thought I was, you know, I thought I was fine around the field, but, uh, I definitely, you know, wasn't, wasn't at a hundred percent, you know, like I was trying my best to do, uh, I was trying to do my best and, you know, all that, but it, it certainly wasn't, wasn't anywhere near up to like the standard I was one used to and you know my team expected out of me which was unfortunate but it's the reality of football and injuries yeah right? so like when you like when the unfortunate event of you being undrafted in the 2015 CFL draft what what was your thoughts like how was like I must have been like messing with your psyche and like you thinking that you just have to totally change your journey if you thinking of that you didn't make it So it was like thinking about not making it, thinking about, I mean, it's, it's difficult, like, especially like that was, I mean, thinking about that now is like, oh, fourth year would have been like, you know, seven, eight years ago now. So, you know, thinking about that now is kind of, uh, it's kind of been, it's been some time. So it's, you know, I've, I've forgotten a lot about it, but pivoting from that and and you know thinking about not making it was difficult it was you know it was scary for me uh because for me my entire life was football i i yeah been playing football since i was nine the only reason i went to college was to continue playing football at first and you know I'm, i'm very glad i actually you know went to college and now i have a business degree um and I'm very fortunate for that opportunity and I'm happy I finished it but like I wasn't going to I wasn't going to you know go to college at first if it weren't for football so to think about not playing anymore at that time was like it was a scary thought like I didn't I didn't have anything else I didn't know anything else I sacrificed a lot of friends and hobbies and other things I enjoyed doing to continue to play football at that level. So it was it was very scary at first, but you know I, I used it as a learning experience, and I would advise any other young athlete now to learn from my experiences. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, sports will one day come to an end. And, you know, I, I was told this when I was 16, 17, 18, you know what I mean? And I just never, I just never listened to it, you know, yeah. because I just, I was young and dumb, but like looking back on it now, I was like, wow, I wish I would have done more to one, set myself up for life after football a lot sooner. Yeah. I, you know, I've been doing a lot of things recently with it, but, um, but, you know, I should have been doing things since I was 18. Like if I if I was smart, I would have been doing things, you know, from the 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 onset, working with charities, working with you know companies and other things like that. You know, build one, building your brand and two, you know, giving back to the community and and, and utilizing yourself a lot sooner. You know, it's never too soon to, you know, to give back and, and do good. And, it, and those good deeds don't go unnoticed. So if I was doing that a lot sooner, had the time come sooner that my career ended, I would have been a lot less afraid. 
Yeah. And I would have had things that I still loved and still enjoyed doing and still could, you know, fall back on and do. But because I didn't have anything else, because football was my entire life, it was like a very, um, it was very intimidating and, and a very scary environment for myself. Yeah. So speaking of this like new, like new life after football or during football, what is it like balancing like a job with such a, you know, high demanding sport that requires you to train every day, eat well every day? And whatnot? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, uh, looking back on, you know, when I was a call like in college and when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18 and how much time, you know, I, how, how I thought I worked hard, how I thought I, you know, was such a hard worker back then and, you know, how I did all these things right. And then kind of fast forwarding to now and, and seeing how much stuff I have to do now to, to continue to play and, and train and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, like I work, I work a nine to five, uh, in the off season to, uh, you know, to continue just developing myself and, and, um, and just setting myself up for after football. I also train a couple hours a day and that's on top of, uh, you know, taking care of my dogs and, you know, cooking all my meals. And I'm, you know, I'm also in a couple courses online that I do, um, to, uh, to get some more certifications and, wow. and degrees and stuff like that to, um, to, you know, get further in life for when, uh, you know, football does come to an end, I can continue to do something I enjoy and, and, and be able to afford a, a life I enjoy as well. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, looking back when I was 18 and thinking about, you know, you know, going to the gym is hard work, but yeah. going to the gym after you work a full day and studied for a couple hours is certainly a lot harder. So it's, uh, yeah, exactly. it's just kind of, it's kind of funny how the, the old saying goes, right. You know, if you think you're working hard, work harder. Exactly. Because yeah, you can, exactly. you can work harder. Like I'm, I'm telling you right now, like whatever you think hard work is, you know, you can work harder. It's just, it just is, it is, it's a thing you'd be, you'd be amazed at how well your body can adapt to, uh, the situations and the stress and the, and the pressure you put it under. So, you know, I'm not, not advocating for <laughs> working yourself into the ground and burning yourself out, but yeah, you'd be, you'd be amazed at how much, you know, how much you can actually get accomplished if you, if you're one dedicated to willing to work hard and, and three efficient with your time. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing to see. And in, like I said before, like I'm, I'm fortunate I've been fortunate in my career to be surrounded by players and coaches and men that have taught me these things, you know, without yeah. anybody teaching me these things, I would have never have known mm. to, this is like, this is hard work. This is what it takes to, to be successful, not only in football, but in life, like without all these other, like without all these other guys in my life and these players and coaches, you know, I wouldn't be this hardworking. I don't think so. I definitely learned from them which is you know which i will always be grateful to them for um but that's something everyone can learn from you know what i mean like you know yeah. everyone you know anyone that's listening right now that's something they can learn from they they don't have to be surrounded by these players to learn that they just have to realize what their level of hard work is where they're you know spending time that's not you know 
working for them. You know, if you're playing three, four hours of Fortnite a night, <laughs> you're, you're not working hard. Like I'm, yeah. like, I'm sorry. That's just the reality of the situation. I don't play any video games. Like, that's just, I don't, I don't, you know, like, I like to have fun. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, I played my fair share of uh, Call of Duty back in the day. But, you know, once I realized how much, you know, you know, every, everyone used to be like, oh, man, like, you know, I have 30 days logged in on Call of Duty because it used to show you that. And I'm like, you know, I thought that was some some kind of accomplishment at, uh, you know, back in the day. But now I realize I'm like, man, I just wasted 30 days of my life. I could have been working out, working hard, you know, building a business, building my brand, giving back to the community, doing something else that's going to further my, you know, further my career, further, you know, my success, do something that's productive instead of, you know, you know, sitting in front of a TV. So if you, if you think you're working hard, I, I would, you know, strongly encourage, encourage everyone to reevaluate where they spend their time and, and see if you can work harder. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really, that's really inspiring. Like I, I, I am look, looking back over my last few days in quarantine, I can, and I'm, there is some questionable stuff that I've been slacking in. So that, that code did, definitely is going to change me. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so like how, so like now we're in this like weird times where we're all stuck in our homes. How are you trying to like adapt your like success and hardworking mindset into just the span of your, your home? Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I don't want to say like lucked out, but uh, I actually just bought my house um, wow. on April on April first, and there it needs like uh, it needs like a like a lot of work done to it. So um, it just like I've been doing uh, you know I've been doing just like a lot of home renovations, working yeah. around the house. Like everyone always complains about the gutters. I cleaned the gutter, gutters <laughs> the other day. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Like that's kind of how I I don't want to say measure success now, but like. I, uh, I, you know, I have the time now, so I'm, you know, I can't, I can't go out and do all these things. Uh, I can't go out and hang out with my friends or, you know, go work out in a group and go do a, a pool workout with the guys. So I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to like work around the house and try and make the, the house a better space for myself and, and, a, and a space I enjoy being in. And that's kind of, that's kind of how I, uh have spent quarantine basically in in my time in quarantine and you know how I've had to had to shift a little bit of my perspective there but you know it's all it's all relative right it's all relative to what you want and you know how successful you want to be and in what you want that success to look like yeah so I mean your your experience your like like journey that you've just told us throughout is very inspirational like showing how you came from like being from just like a scrawny nine-year-old to being where you are today with a gray cup in your left hand and a dog rescue shelter in your other hand. I mean, so how, what do you like, what do you take most about like football? Like what do you think football has mainly done for you in your life? I know it's done, it has done like, it's established your whole career, but like what like aspect personally and like your soul wise does football like affect you? Definitely, uh, it's football has been, um, I mean, so so amazing in so many different aspects and so many regards. But really, uh, the experiences that it has been able to teach me 
and, you know, the life lessons that it's been able to teach me at such a young age, you know, I've been able to go through things. I've been able to go experience life lessons that most people don't, you know, have to experience or go through and, or learn until, you know, they're 30, 40 or 50. And I, you know, I was learning those at like 18, 19, 20. So the experience I've had, what I now bring to the table, uh, as, as a, as a human being and as a, you know, a person in the workforce after football because of it, uh, has, is, is greatly expanded because of that. And then also, um, you know, obviously the brotherhood, like going, always going back to the brotherhood and, and the, the players I've met that have become my, you know, my best friends and, you know, my extended family because of playing with them and, and experiencing so much has just been, you know, without them, it all doesn't seem to mean as much, you know, it being able to experience the, the gray cup with not only my family, but that group of guys and that group of men in that room was, uh, was truly something special and something I'll always, you know, hold dear in my heart. So, yeah. So I'd say the experiences and, you know, the brotherhood are the two biggest things that football has, uh, kind of given me. Yeah. Now your career in football, especially when like the, when your your professional career as like part of the bomber blue bombers, do you think the plant-based lifestyle you've been like living was a part of how you probably increased your your performance and talent in football? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I uh, I love uh, I love being plant-based and I love the way it uh, it makes me feel. But definitely, like the strongest I've ever been is right now, and it's also the oldest wow. I've ever been. So. Um, <laughs> So, you know, like, obviously, like, I'm, I'm 26, which isn't, you know, old by any means, but in, in football years, it's starting to get up there. There's not, you know, you don't, you're not seeing too many players in the NFL or CFL that are, are getting into their 30s. You know, everyone can name a few, yeah. but the overwhelming majority are 21, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, you know, I've got a lot of years on those young bucks, but this is the strongest and most fit I've ever been in my entire life. So I definitely think that uh you know being plant-based and living this kind of lifestyle is as you know made me a lot healthier and it's not only made me healthier it's made me a lot happier just kind of knowing that i i don't uh i don't support that industry anymore and it kind of really aligns a lot better with my values and with you know being the animal lover and all that it's it's made me it's just kind of it cleared my conscience a little bit and you know made me a lot happier yeah. I mean, like, I've read so many interviews of different athletes, and they all say the same thing, what you just said, the energy, the talent, the increase in their athletic performance, and even just being overall happier. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so, and being like the dog lover you are, uh, wait, never mind, sorry. Uh, so, I noticed that you have, uh, like, a, a pretty active YouTube channel and where you uh, host your vegan and football lifestyle. W- what was it like just starting this YouTube channel and growing it? Uh, it's been it's been a really interesting experience. I did it uh, because a friend uh, talked me into it, actually. She was a big vegan YouTuber um, that did a lot of, um, you know, showed people how to make, uh, you know, vegan food that was very similar to meat-based food um and then she was super into it and she brought me onto her channel a couple of times and a, a lot of people were asking if i could do uh make a youtube channel and show how i lived my life 
And I, I, at first I was pretty reluctant because I just didn't know anything about YouTube. I've never yeah. made a YouTube video or, you know, it seemed like quite a task, but, uh, but, uh, I decided to give it a shot one off season and, uh, it was, it was a really rewarding experience being able to, um, you know, sh- one show my lifestyle and show how I live, but to, to be able to interact with, with everyone in a little bit of a different way than, than the norm, you know, it's not, it's not Twitter, it's not Instagram and there's, there's not just content. Like I'm, I'm actively making content that people, um, ask me for and people want to see. Um, and it, and it's, and it's useful. It's not just like a picture of me playing football. It's a picture of me showing, or it's a video of me showing people, you know, how I get my protein in. I showed a ton of my football workouts in my videos. Um, obviously the dog videos are just for entertainment purposes, but people, people love seeing the dogs. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it makes, it makes a, a lot of people happy. I get messages all the time talking about, you know, uh, you know, how happy my dogs make people. So, you know, it's, it's, I love making those videos because, because I know, you know, a lot of people love to see them. So, yeah, the, um, yeah. so like, it's been a really like, rewarding experience being able to kind of showcase my lifestyle to, to a lot of people that would never really get to see it or experience it any other way. Yeah. I mean, like, so more move. Yeah, I know. I mean, like the way dog, the energy and vibe that dogs give is something that no one can match. I mean, like, I, I remember every time I see a dog, I'm always really happy and their energy just brings out so much in a person. And I wish I could own a dog, but you know, I have parents. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fair. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And so now let's move on to your win, your latest season, pretty successful se- season where you win the Great Cup. Did you think at the beginning of the season that you guys were going to reach, get so far in the season? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's interesting because it's always, uh, I mean, every team always talks about winning the championship, yeah. but um the past three years, um, have, we've been always kind of on the cusp of being that team, being the team that gets there, being the team that does it. And, you know, we've had a locker room that is filled with guys that was very much under the assumption and they all, all had the same mentality that we could do it and that we should be doing it. So for us at the start of the season, like we looked around the locker room and like we had it in our minds and had it in our hearts that we were at least going to the great cup. We were at least going to give ourselves that opportunity that year. Um, and obviously in a throughout an 18 game season, you know, a lot of stuff happens. Right. So, um, but we kind of, that, that belief never really wavered. Uh, it was always, you know, through injuries, through losses, through this and that, uh, that belief in winning never really wavered. And, uh, and that I think that was one of the biggest reasons we we ended up winning the Grey Cup is because of that unwavering belief in in winning, but also in each other. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like the way football players win is not because like their talent, because I feel like in such a high level, everyone has like sort of the same level of talent. I think it's the brotherhood and the chemistry each person has with their team, which really gets them to not being a finalist, but to being a champion. No, exactly. Right. It's yeah. uh, hey, every, every team, you know, every team has players they're paying. Like yeah. each, each team's getting, each team's getting paid. It's all about, you know, the willingness and, 
and to do it for each other. And that's, that's usually the difference between a good team and a great team. Yeah. I know that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers themselves had pretty like rough drought of like the great cups. I mean, I think the last time you guys won was in like 1990. So this yeah, yeah. Is, like a very important and amazing game to be playing in. Cause I feel like there must've been a ton of Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans out there. Oh yeah. It was, uh, it, everyone was kind of joking that it was actually, even though it was in Calgary, it was like, we still had home field advantage because of how many blue bombers were still in the stand or blue bomber fans were still in the stands, which was, which was kind of crazy to see. Yeah. So what do you think? How do you think you guys are going to do this season, the following season? Do you guys think that you guys are going to make it as far as you did last year? I mean, obviously, that's the uh, that's always the goal, right? And yeah. and it's one thing to say it, but then it's another thing to go out and uh, in the off season and, and see you know how many guys you lose. Like obviously, a lot of times when you go into win a Grey Cup, you win a Super Bowl, you win a championship, a lot of those players are going to go to uh, other teams. Yeah. Uh, because of they're going to be able to ask for more money from those teams, right? But it's pretty amazing to see we didn't lose a single player on our offense. And uh, besides losing a couple players on our defense to the NFL, uh, we basically didn't lose a single player on our defense either. So obviously um, the belief and the the expectation remains the same is, you know, do it again. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, do you guys, so how far do you think this football career is going to last for you? I know it might, I know most players don't know when it's going to end, but do you have like, do you plan on stopping because you're almost reaching like 30 and you said to yourself that like, and like, this is like old year age for football players. So, yeah. Yeah. So like, where do you think, how far do you think this career is going to go now? Um, <laughs> I, obviously, like no one can predict the future, but yeah. I, if I could, I'd play at least five more years. That'd be nice. I'd be, you know, retiring at 32. That's hopefully, have a have a you know a family set up and all that. But um, like, it's it's very difficult to to obviously predict that, especially in a in a volatile sport yeah. where injury is so. Uh, so close around the corner at all times in football, right? So it's uh, <clears throat> you never really know, um, and uh, that's why I try not to think about it too much. I kind of just live it one year at a time, one you know, one play at a time, and and then go from there. Because thinking too far ahead, it it uh, it sets you up for uh, disaster a little bit. Because yeah. as soon as you don't reach that point, as soon as you don't hit that goal um you know it can be it can be a little bit disappointing so i like to i'd like to try and focus uh more on what's going on now what's going on this year uh how i can be my best self this year and then anything that happens after that is too far out of my control to concern myself with yeah uh, you said it, you, you said it before that like a lot of like most, some players that win such a like prestigious award, they usually draft other teams. Like some of your defenders went to NFL. Do you ever have you ever like had the opportunity to transfer to other any other team other than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Uh, I, in the CFL, I had 
Um, I didn't want to play for any other team. So when my contract came back up, I uh, just resigned back to Winnipeg because I loved it here. So, so I didn't, uh, I didn't have that kind of opportunity in the CFL and, and uh, it's a little bit more difficult when you look at Canadians trying to go uh, play in, in the NFL, especially if they haven't played in, in the NCAA school, um, it's just generally not um, how it works. So I haven't had uh, too much of an opportunity to, yeah. to play, obviously, in the NFL. And I haven't had uh, – I haven't wanted to go play anywhere else in the CFL. So uh, I've just chosen not to ex- explore any other teams. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that, that makes perfect sense. I feel like your team is – like, once you choose your team, it's your team for life because I feel like you develop that kind of connection with yeah. teammates that you can't, like, give up. No, exactly. Especially, you know, the coaching staff's the same. You know, all the players are the same. That's not something I really want to – it's not really something I want to just give up for for no for no real reason, right? Yeah. So, I've uh, yeah, I, I've been – I've been choosing to stay in Winnipeg, and that's something I'll continue to do as long as I can. Yeah. So after you got that, like, ACL injury or knee injury, do you always have, like, a chip on your shoulder of, like, when you get tackled or when you when you tackle someone, and are you always worrying about your injury or ever coming back at you? Uh, at first, I definitely was. That was, like, it was a big thing at first. That was something that uh, um, was – very it was a it was a huge mental block like it was a huge it was something mentally that was very difficult for me to get over um but after about the first season i i you know i realized that i i could do this that i was i was back to full strength by the end of the season and that i couldn't let something like that um detract me from playing football because if I was going to let that detract me from playing football, then, you know, a lot of other bad things happen when you play football that you can't, uh, you can't just focus on the bad. You got to focus on the good. So after that first season, I kind of just stopped thinking about it. And that seemed to, that seemed to work pretty good for me so far. So (laughs) I'll keep doing it as long as it it, uh, works out. Yeah. I mean, uh, your story is definitely inspiring most and people out there so like for like the, the final words what would you like to say to young adolescent viewers who want to make it to either the cfl or any other professional area there is i would uh you know if i could go back and talk to my younger self you know i would definitely uh just kind of tell them that to i would tell him to believe in himself more I would tell him that he has every right to be there. You know, he's there for a reason and to believe in that reason to be there, to not be so intimidated by uh, someone else's size or, you know, stats or this and that just to, to, to believe why they're there and to start doing, start getting involved sooner. It's never, it's never too early, whether you're in high school whether you're in college, whether you're in the pros, uh, it's never too early to start getting involved in something that you're passionate about and to start doing that. Um, 
because that's probably one of my only regrets in life is that I didn't start sooner, that I didn't start doing things sooner and that I didn't start caring sooner. Um, about caring about other things other than football. So, um, those, that's pretty much what I would tell the younger generation. Uh, like everything else I kind of cover, you know, work hard, don't focus on what you can't control. But you know, the, the things I'd really want to tell myself at a younger age is, you know, get involved sooner. That's, that's, that's a really big one for myself that I, uh, I definitely feel like I missed out on. Yeah. So, well, John, it was incredible to meeting you, and I can't, I can't believe to say this, but you are my very first interview and very first podcast, and I'm happy it was you to be the person. Nice, so, man. You killed it. You did really well, so I'm happy, to, I'm happy to be your first. All right. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a wonderful career, uh, career ahead of you and that we stay in touch. So thank you so much, and have a great rest of your day. Yeah, no problem, man. You, you as well. We'll talk soon, okay? Thanks. Bye. Bye now.